Chapter 30 of Legends of Saints and Sinners. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Caleb Weaver. Legends of Saints and Sinners by Douglas Hyde. Chapter 30. The Poem of the Tor. Preface. I have heard more than one poem in which occurs a dialogue between a living person and the soul of a dead man. I got the following from Mr. John Carney, a schoolmaster at Belmullet, County Mayo. The poem is well known round Belmullet, but I have a suspicion that this version of it is not complete. I have not been able, however, to secure a fuller one. It is locally known as the Dan, or Poem of the Tor. The Tor is a rock in the sea some twelve miles from the land. There is a lighthouse upon it now, but of course that was not so when the poem took shape and no more lonesome a place than if for a soul dreaming its weird could be conceived. The soul was put to do penance on this solitary rock, with the verse about the soul parting from the body, under rain, under wind, compared the fine north of England wake dirge with the refrain, fire and sleet and candlelight, and Christ receive thy soul. I have come across other allusions in Irish unpublished literature, prayers, etc., to the south being the side of the good angels, and the north the side of the bad ones. On the side of the north, black walls of fire, on the side of the south, the people of Christ. The guilt which the interlocutor supposes that the ghost may be, is a person who goes wild in madness, and such a one was supposed to have the power of levitation, and to be able to raise himself in the air and fly. See the extraordinary story of Sweeney Gelt, Volume 12 of the Irish Text Society. See my Religious Songs of Connacht, Volume 1, page 270. The Story The Man O fellow yonder on the mountain, who art being tortured at Tor, I put a question to thee in the name of Jesus. Art thou a man of this world, or guilt? The Soul Since the question is put in the name of Jesus, Indeed, I shall answer it for thee. I am not a person of this world, nor guilt, but a poor soul who has left this world, and who never went to God's heaven since. The man. I put a question to thee again, without doing thee harm. How long since thou didst leave the world, or art thou there ever since? The soul. Twenty years last Sunday, the soul parted with the evil-inclined body, under rain, under wind, and if it were not for the blessing of the poor on the world, I would be a hundred of years more there. When I was upon the world, I was happy and airy, and I desired to draw a profit to myself. But I am now in great tribulation, paying for that. When I used to go to Sunday Mass, it was not mercy I used to ask for my soul, but jesting and joking with young men and the body of Christ before me. When I would arrive home again, it was not the voice of the priest I would be thinking, but of the fine great possessions I left behind me at home. Good was my haggard and large my house, and my brightness to go out to the gathering, riding on a young steed, banquet and feast before me. I set no store by my soul, until I saw the prowess of death assembling. On the side of the north, black walls of fire. On the side of the south, the people of Christ gathering amongst the angels, the glorious virgin hastening them. I do not know, says Peter. Does Christ recognize him? 
I do not know, says Christ. Bitter alas, I do not recognize him. Then spake the glorious virgin, and lowered herself on her white knees. O oh, my son, was it not for thee were prepared the heap of embers to burn thy noble body? O oh, mother, helpful, glorious, if it be thy will to take him to heaven, I let him with thee. And surely one thousand years at the tour were better for you than one single hour in foul hell. End of chapter 30